Hello and welcome to another Bond Marathon episode on the Auteur Archives podcast. On this episode, we discuss the movie that took James Bond all the way back to its roots, Casino Royale. Listen now as Tom and I share our thoughts on what Daniel Craig brings to the role of 007, what this movie reboot does for the franchise, the gritty and brutal fight scenes, the stripped back storyline and much, much more. As always, we each rate the film out of 10 and discuss where they rank among the others. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the previous Bond episodes to get up to speed. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hi Tom, welcome to another Bond episode. How are we doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. So uh, we're moving on to the next actor to play James Bond. So obviously, on the last episode, um, we talked about Die Another Day. Um, and yeah, we're not going to talk about that again. Um, <laughs> so that's Piers Brosnan's last film. So obviously, there was a big time difference between that and the next film it's like essentially casino royale is a big reset reboot for the franchise and along with that they've decided to bring in daniel craig and the first film he stars in is casino royale which is obviously what we're going to talk about today so before we go into our full-on deep dive then i just want to get your quick opinions of casino royale and then we'll drill down into bt into more, more detail so what are your thoughts on the film after freshly watching it I I really liked it actually. I I thought it was brilliant, um, <clears throat> and not not only because it's I watched it straight after Die Another Day. Well, <laughs> um, no, I, I really really enjoyed it, and I probably enjoyed it more actually watching it this time, um, and not not because of Die Another Day, just from from watching, you know, being in the in the Bond marathon. Um, I think I've probably only seen it once before because I didn't remember it as much as I had assumed I would watching it again. Um, and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. And there's a couple of little nods to, to bond geeks in there, which I really, really liked. Um, yeah. Yourself. What did you, what's your thoughts? I absolutely love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Same again. I wanted to come in, not compare. It's very easy to compare to how bad the first, the last film was, sorry. Um, but kind of just treat it, separate to that and i think it's i think it's absolutely brilliant um i i think i'm trying to think back to when this obviously came out in 2006 and i don't know if you were the same as me in the sense that when a new i mean it was our generation the first time that a bond had changed actor so it was kind of a big deal for for our generation um to experience that and i remember thinking back then and it's massively pathetic now it's like Daniel Craig, he's going to be blo- like he's blonde. Bond isn't blonde. Like <laughs> he can't do that, and he's got blue eyes. Like what? No. Yeah. Um, how ridiculous that is now. Uh, looking back, you know, for nearly five films down the line. Um, so I quickly want to get your thoughts on Daniel Craig. Then coming into it now, obviously, like I said, he's got four film, four Bond films under his belt. 
what were your initial thoughts of him joining and then what do you think of him now uh, as Bond, as the current Bond? I think he, he picks up the the mantle, as it, as it were, very well. I think straight away he fills that character, he puts his own... I don't know, it's, it's weird because I, I think he... I feel like he really puts his own stamp on Bond and makes the character his own. And Bond in this film is is very different in in a way. And mm. I feel like I feel like you get to know more about Bond as a person and the backstory and the character and all of that stuff, which I think is brilliant. I love that. Um, but I feel like you learn more in forty five minutes of this film than you ever get a feeling with any of the other actors just straight away. And, and I, I love that, but I also, I also feel like Craig picks, picks up really good traits of other bonds. He's like, he's like this summarized bond. <laughs> and it just, mm. it just works. I think it's great. It's just, you know, there's aspects of every previous bond in, in the way he plays the character. And um, yes, yeah, so I think, I think he's, I think he's brilliant. I think, yeah, I, I really like him as a Bond. He's he's up there with the best of the Bonds for me. Yeah, in fact, we were kind of off the, offline. We were kind of ranking these the other day as to where yeah. you know, Craig would sit. And for me, he would sit quite high. It's interesting you say that he takes on a lot of the other Bonds. I feel like of all the Bond actors uh, that have gone, I think Dalton's probably the closest version of Bond that Craig has sort of picked up on. I think and Roger Moore perhaps the least. He still has these one-liners, but they're not they're not pulled off with a uh, you know an eyebrow raise or a tongue in cheek or anything like that. They're very no. they're very almost straight jokes if that makes sense. Like it's very or they're very sometimes they're not even jokes. They're just whips, uh, quips or whatever that he mentions after a particular scene or something like that. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think he is. For me, he's kind of a a mixture of Dalton and Connery mm. in a really in a really great way. He's he's got the he's almost got the style of Connery, but none of the sleaze. Yes, um, and he just and he comes across. He's, he's so physical, and he's got that that Dalton realism. He's he's a mm. really believable person as well. And that's another thing I love about this film is it's 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 very it's it's still a Bond film. Um, but it is believable. It's it's much. It feels much more real, um, yeah. and maybe that's a, a sign of the times a bit. That that's the kind of popularity of films, and maybe again the the born the born film input into it. it. It has a little bit of a feel of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you mentioned on the last one, obviously action at the early two thousand action movies in the early two thousand obviously were led by the born films and less so by Bond. And this is just like a massive kick up the arse for the franchise. And it really shows because putting those two, this back to back with Die Another Day, they're completely opposite films. You could almost think they were different franchises. They're that different at this at that point. Um, yeah, I, I think, I guess the the extra stamp um, that Bond, uh, Craig puts on as Bond is he's a bit more of a brute in this. He's like the fights are much more, come on to the fights and action scenes later on, but they're much more realistic and brutal and you can feel every punch that I don't think has really happened. I think there's been certain scenes throughout the marathon we've done so far, but not a whole film that's felt like that until now, yeah. at least. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, um, sounds like we're both a big fan of Craig, at least coming into this or after this one, yeah. which is good. So we'll quickly go into the intro there. So it's quite a short intro before we get to the title sequence, which is the whole black and white scene, which is in itself is quite a unique thing for the franchise, really, just even just going in black and white. And and straight away, I was thinking, right, I kind of forgot this bit and was like, ah, oh, this is quite interesting how they've done that. And it kind of like you said, gives a, a bit more of a backstory. At this point, it's, you know, they've really reset the franchise. He's before he's got his double O status and it actually shows you how he's gained the double O status. So he's in one uh, scene where he's waiting for someone in an office and it's intercut with him beating a bloke in a toilet, <laughs> absolutely just battering him. Um, and, you know, that's how it kind of leads them to, his double O status. So what did you think of that intro? And also not in, not only an intro to the film, but intro to Daniel Craig as Bond as well. Did you think that was what this whole reboot needed? I think it's, I think it's great, but <clears throat> it is really short and sweet. I think it's, it's really interesting. And you kind of like, what's, what's going on here? Why is it black and white? Um, uh, and actually I, I don't really understand why it was black and white. I'm not sure yeah. it needed that just it was a little bit of a thinking thinking about it now it's like why it's a bit, bit of a gimmick and I don't I don't really see the the value it added but um it was quite interesting watching it um it's it's cool because it's like what's going on um okay there's a new bond and then you're like oh okay this is young bond this mm. is he's only killed two people um and they're kind of discussing his his first kills, and you're like, all right, that's that's pretty pretty cool. And then it shows this brutal fight scene in the toilet, where where Bond clearly isn't this class act killing machine that that he becomes. He's you know it's really messy. He's he's getting whooped. He's completely fucked up. This assassination basically, and it ends up drowning a guy in a sink. And he's like really raw, really rough, and it's it's brutal um and you're like fuck wow this is cool and and he plays the the character really well in that that fight i think he he fights really well craig mm, yeah. um and and then he's this kind of cool cool character in the office with this guy who thinks he's you know done one over him on on him and he's not he, he's like i know where your gun is and then just the guy's about to say something about you know the second the first the first kills are the hardest but the the seconds are easiest and he just Cuts shoots him, him short. Yeah. yeah. Just shoots him in the face straight away and then kind of ends his sentence. You know, like, oh, he's, yeah, he's cool. I like this. I like yeah. this new guy. And then, then it cuts into a terrible shite theme. <laughs> oh no. We'll, we'll come on to the theme in a second, but I, uh, I like, I like the barrel shot in this. How, you know, after he shot the guy in the office, it cuts back to him in the, in the bathroom he picks the gun up but the the shot you know the iconic bond shooting to camera scene is actually him shooting a character from that's getting yeah. up from the fight and uh it cuts into the whole intro so okay let's let's go into the, the title sequence then so i'm stunned you don't like the theme tune i'm 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 a big fan i i, I can understand maybe it doesn't necessarily sound like a bond theme of of old but i kind of 
let it pass in the sense, okay, it's a reboot. They're trying different things. They're going to take it a slightly different route. And it is more of a, a rockier theme tune than we've probably seen or heard up until this point. Um, yeah, so what what does it doesn't do it for you then? I like I like the um, the music to the theme, and I quite like how it's replayed throughout the film, which is a which is a bond a bondism that I love. Mm. Um, but it just yeah, Chris Cornell's voice and it's just not <laughs> just a bit weak. I don't. I just yeah, I thought it was a bit weak, and I don't really I don't really like the whole title sequence either. Oh um, no! Okay, here we go. Yeah, it just, I just, it just doesn't. I don't know. After that, that, that beginning, I just watching that, and it's quite long as well. And you just like, this song that's a bit wishy washy, and then it's yeah, just it's all about a deck of cards, and it's like, mm, I'm mate, I'm so gutted. I'm hearing this. I like, I like it. I love Chris Cornell anyway. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Um, and I really, really like the turtle sequence. I love that it's it's still got the silhouette stuff in there. It's, you know, it's using the card, you know, the, the spec, the, the different, uh, you know, the spade and the diamonds and he's using them as weapons and, and stuff like that. I thought that was quite cool. And it's nothing we'd seen to this point. Obviously the whole gimmick of this film is it's around a card game. So I thought it was quite nice to, to use that in the title sequences. And obviously as, the franchises progress like the, the technology they're putting into the title sequences they just some of it just looks fantastic and like he's fighting people when they turn into a deck of cards or something like that i thought i really enjoyed it i thought it was quite nice nice change yeah yeah i just um yeah i just found it a little bit a little bit weak the whole thing a bit, a bit boring okay whatever Thanks. all right yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, it's not right. The worst, not the worst thing. <laughs> oh God, no! I mean, the worst is still Octopussy for me by a long <laughs> mile. Um, okay, so let's yeah. let's quickly go into uh, the plot. So I'm going to read out the plot for anyone who doesn't know. So, after earning his Double O status and a license to kill, secret agent James Bond sets out on his first mission as Double O Seven. Uh, Bond must defeat a private banker funding terrorists in a high stakes game of poker at Casino Royale. So. I think from there, because I think in short, and I was trying, I watched this with my wife, who this is the first time we've watched one together because she's like, oh, I'd, I'd, rather, <laughs> I'd rather watch the more recent ones um, than anything before, because any film prior to that is considered an old film. But let's, <laughs> let's not start that uh, debate now. Um, so, yeah, um, when I kind of explained, oh, this is kind of around a card game, it kind of was like, yeah, it does sound a bit boring, but for me, this never gets dull. And I guess certainly about a, maybe a third of this film is around a card game or at least building up and the, the, yeah, the build up to that, to those card games or that, that evening of um, uh, gambling that they're, do, that they're doing. Um, but, and also the fact that this is, I think up until this point, the longest James Bond film. And for me, at least, it, it never felt that long. It's this, there's, there's so much good pacing in this that there's not much time to sit about. And there's always, for me at least, the characters and the story was really in, interesting. I got quite invested in that. Um, what are your thoughts on the plot? Do you think it's a good plot? Obviously, it's going back to the first book um, that Ian Fleming wrote. Um, so it's really bringing things all the way back and it's a lot more 
um, stripped back as well. Um, a lot of things like with gadgets and stuff, which we'll come to. So yeah, yeah the plot wise, do you think this is a good plot or do you think it was a bit sort of drawn out? I think it's, I think it's a good plot. It's a, it's back to that more simple plot that, that is, is, it's worthy of Bond being involved, which is always a must for me. Um, mm. You know, it's this, it's this big, big villainous banker who's funding various terrorist groups. And that's a reason that Bond should be involved in this mission. Good. Um, and I don't think it's the, the most interesting plot as a, as a kind of idea goes, but, but I think it's good. You get invested in it. He's, he's a reason to be there. There's, there's people in it that you, that you don't like and you genuinely want him to, to stop. And it, it sets it up for this great film. Um, I think it's, I think it's incredibly clever, this film in the way that it uses the plot. And, and it's, it starts off so fast paced, the whole film mm. and the pace in terms of kind of action sort of keeps diminishing throughout the film. I think there's kind of three, three significant kind of um, sequences in this mm-hmm. and it starts off very action packed. And then you've got a kind of semi action packed poker game. And then you've got like the end piece and the sort of pace of it calms down, but the tension that you feel watching it, just ramps up and up and up and that's it's so clever and to to make what is probably over an hour long watching poker is make that so interesting and all the little bits that are going on around it i think is is brilliant so the plot in itself it's it's okay but the way it's used to deliver this film is is brilliant i think yeah yeah i i agree and i i always thought like coming into this like so Bond is basically, I mean, this is way back first time round seeing this, thinking this is just going to be Bond playing get a, a card game for, for the majority of the film. But it's the stakes behind it and what it means and, you know, the stuff that happens around the card game itself. Like, you know, they step away from the table and various things happen, which we'll no doubt cover at, at some point. Um, they just make it much more interesting. Like you said, you by the end, you're, you're gradually getting more and more invested, at least for myself, in the characters that, you know, the action is less, but the tension is is ramped up so much. Um, I, I, I like it in the sense that at the start, Bond is very rough around the edges. He's just got his double O status. He is just like relentless. He almost goes rogue. Like he's, you know, breaking into M's apartment and um you know sneaking up on her and you know just to discuss things with her and she there's a scene where she looks over after he's gone and the laptop's only slightly open it's like he's not quite in check yet he's so fresh and wet behind the ears that you know by the end of this film he's almost a different person he's a different you know he's gone through so much that he's yeah comparing him to, from the start to the end is he's, he's, he's transformed so much uh, which i find really interesting if only just to take this film as one bond film like that in itself is quite is shown leaps and bounds of like the plot from a, just a standard bond film has improved so much to really focus on it because you mentioned as well like we get to know a bit more about him he's certainly more human in this than any others where he's a bit more of a, a superhero that nothing really phases him it definitely feels like he 
he's hurt at some point like you feel pain you feel his pain to a certain degree and yeah, certainly in yeah. the climax which again we'll cover that um but i really like that they really tackled this character and i think we actually show a bit of weakness to it because obviously this is a hard reset for bond as a character it's right from the beginning almost like any all the films that happened before have never happened although the only thing is ties and back is judy dench is obviously still in this as m um so we kind of see right I, the way I see this is obviously this is a prequel in the sense of what we've understand Bond to be like. So we'll we'll talk about what I think on the Bond girl in a moment actually. So we'll we'll come to that shortly. So and I guess that another thing I, I thought was quite good and interesting is it's the same director as Goldeneye, which obviously was the first film that Brosnan yeah. did as well. And I I still don't know why they didn't just keep him on. Why didn't they just keep him on from Goldeneye to do the Bond films? He's you know, second film in the franchise and both both brilliant films. I don't know why you would get rid of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so let's go on to the villain then. So we've got Mads Mikkelsen plays the chief in the movie. Uh, thoughts on him as the villain in this? I think he's, um, he's, he's great. You, the first time you see him, you're like, Okay, that's that's the villain. Yep. He's got the look. He's got the look, hasn't he, of a, of a Bond villain, kind of, which is which which is great because it's a very traditional look of a Bond villain, um, and it does bring in that, you know, it's like reminding you it is okay. This is a Bond film. You've got a you've got this evil evil genius with a big scar down his face. He's mm. a Bond villain. Um, I think I think he's a fantastic actor. I think the way the characters played is brilliant, um, and I like that he's he's kind of a bit more real as well he's this very <clears throat> very intelligent very cool calm collected planned villain but then when things go wrong he gets really he gets properly angry and and loses it and and actually he's almost his own henchman as well isn't he mm. he he does a lot of the the fighting and the inflicting of pain himself um which is which is cool um and I like how he's actually he's answering to someone else as well. He is this, you know, he's got his evil empire and he, he funds terrorism and makes a lot of money himself out of out of using terrorists' money to to do lots of dodgy things to make make them more money. Um, but he's shitting himself when he mm. when he needs to pay them back. The whole the whole plot is him cacking his pants because he's going to get <laughs> properly fucked by some african evil bastards um, and that's that's really interesting he's not he's not top of the food chain um which is which is cool yeah i i, I like it he's very much a middleman in this as well mm -hmm. so yeah although he pulls it off as a villain in this film what i find interesting especially probably more his death scene um because it is very I remember first time around thinking, oh, that's the villain. He's he's just been shot and that's his death scene and Bond's not killed him. I remember thinking that was a bit of a letdown. But actually, bearing in mind the Craig films are going for this realism, that would probably be the realistic result of that scenario. It wouldn't be, it's going away from these, you know, um, confrontations in a volcano lair and stuff like that. It's going for more realism. So I kind of, this time around, I kind of, appreciate that and we're very much led from the start that knowing that he is a middleman and there are people after him and actually 
it obviously conspires that it's, it's he's part of a bigger enterprise basically which is just the snowball effect that these films then um uh, look into a bit further so i i think he's fantastic i love him as an actor anyway and like you said you know straight away it's you know straight away he's the villain and he's got those traits that you know in any other film would probably be ridiculous but but it's part and parcel of bond you know he has the inhaler and he has uh blood in his tear ducts and stuff like that like all ridiculous but in saying it out loud but in the film never felt ridiculous for me it's almost like that's his trait that's his one thing that makes him stand out from from all the other villains so far so i i think he's brilliant um i love the torture scene it's both like painful to watch and hilarious at the same time especially yeah. when bond saying no to the right and he's like <laughs> smacking him with this rope ball on his bollocks um i mean that is horrible that scene that is a tough that, watch yeah. Yeah, that is that is a brutal scene. I love, I, love, I love um I love Bond's line as well when he's he just starts laughing, doesn't he? And he's like, the whole world's gonna know you died scratching my balls. <laughs> I think that's the point where I'm like I'm fully on board with Craig as a character because <laughs> yeah, yeah, in that yeah. scenario he's just basically laughing in the face of death and he's like and it's it's brilliant. It's a really good character moment for him. But um yeah, the chief I think is great, and I think it's worth, like you've said, pointing out there isn't really a henchman in this. He has people working for him, but there's no real focus on on them at all. And he's kind of the guy who's going alone to a good to a degree, and like you said, doing the torture uh, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think he's great. Um, definitely, really memorable. I think even just to look at, you know, yeah, that's that's him from Casino Royale. So yeah. yeah. Uh, love that. So we're going to move on to um, the Bond girl then. So Vespa, played by Eva Green, um, and, and again, May is the main Bond girl in this. There, he does uh, Bond does shack up with a lass near the start, pretty much to just get some information because he but he orders some like caviar and something to the room, and he's like, yeah, just for one, and it's like, yeah. fuck, <laughs> fuck this, I'm off, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, go back to Eva Green then. What were your thoughts on her? um as an actress and as her character in the film yeah she's um she's a she's a good actress i like i like her character i like the way she plays the character i think um it's interesting it's a it's a foreign character because it gives her a bit of an interesting mm. accent and voice um and then yeah vespa lynn as a character i think i think it's great i think she's a great character she's she's properly intelligent um and she she has great back and forth with bond i love i love that scene on the train where they're kind of trying to understand each other and and sort of succeeding but failing at the same time mm. to really get a grip of of each other really and they both they both think they're they're overly clever and that they that they get each other and they just don't um but i I love the way as well that their relationship builds throughout the film. It's it's by far the most believable kind of love interest that we have ever seen in a Bond film by by a huge way. They it it's just natural. It just it works. Um, and and I, I think I think there's so there's there's real depth to her character as well which isn't um often the case with a with a bond girl um 
and I love the bit where where she's kind of involved in in killing one of the one of the sort of semi henchmen as well, mm. and she you know she's really fucked up by it, and then yeah. that um that scene in the shower, which is a bit odd, where she says she's got blood on her hands, and Bond like sucks her fingers and says, "Is that is that better?" Or that's, that's a bit. <laughs> I think that was okay. the point where my wife turned to me, going, "That's a bit weird." Yeah. Okay. Roger Moore's in the room now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, brilliant, and 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 her character throughout, and I'll yeah the way the way she dies as well, um, and actually kills herself, um, and you kind of know you know it's all too good to be true, and that's that's part of the tension of the last sort of the last half an hour of the film, isn't it? You'd like mm. this is something's going to go wrong, but I don't know what, and is you assume she's going to be bad, but then. He just kind of is she really bad and she plays she plays all that part brilliantly um yeah i thought i thought i think she's brilliant i think she's one of the best bond girls actually yeah um i'm gonna have to agree i think she is fantastic she's so such a great character uh to bounce off bond like you said in that scene in the train i made a note of that is such a good introduction to her character just literally walks in and she goes i'm the money and he's like, every penny. I'm like, this is classic. <laughs> yes, give me this. Their chemistry is so good. And I love that scene, like you've just said, where they're literally, their egos are running high and they think they know it all. And they're, they're, they're guessing or they're making assumptions of their character, each person's character. And I, what I really like is Vespas um, basically um, deduces that he's an orphan by various different things. And although Bond is smiling, you can tell it's kind of hit a nerve or an emotional nerve and she's like kind of prods it a bit more and it's almost factoring into the the poker game or the poker face that they need to have for this the the gambling that they're going to do later in the film and i just thought that was such a great scene that we've we've got to know both of the characters so quickly in a space of like a five ten minute scene and we've we're pretty much on board with them straight away and yeah i vespa's character is is almost treated like is purposely actually treated like eye candy, especially as a scene where Bond tells her to come and kiss him on the cheek or on the lips during the card game. So just so to distract the other players at the table, but she isn't just that like the other Bond girls that we've had so far, she is brains as well as beauty, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think she's really good. I, remember first time around watching this thinking oh you know traditional bond film the, the villain dies and bond checks up with a girl and that's the end but it, it hangs too long and you think yeah like you said something's up something's going to go there's almost this third act then where it's like a whole thing carries on you like, i have no idea where this is going to go um obviously coming into this this time around i already knew that happening but it's quite nice to see how that pans out um, watching their relationship grow and I 100% agree as well easily the most re believable relationship they've had um, sorry the Bonds had throughout the whole franchise so far and I think it's mostly because of the chemistry of the two actors involved um, they really just seem realistic as a couple um, I think as well it's a good for me I, I don't know if you saw felt the same way it's, it harks back to on her majesty's secret service and obviously the bond girl that he's you know got with and his, he even says he loves in this film also dies yeah. in this film and i always the point i was going to make a bit earlier was because this is 
Bond very young and almost naive, I guess, to the whole thing, he's very quick to fall in love with someone. Um, and I wonder if, you know, but the Bond that we know and, and love, who is just disposing of women, unfortunately, is because he doesn't want to get attached to women because when he does, things bad things happen. And I think that's where, you know, sort of in the later films we get, uh, well, all the Bond films, really, that's kind of a character trait that he doesn't want to commit to women because he always feels that they're going to die. And that's why he is so blasé with women. Um, yeah. And this is kind of the yeah. the root cause of that. And that's how I read it anyway, as an interpretation of it. But um, Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, there's, there's so much in this that sort of explains Bond, Bond's character that, that you've seen from the last 20, 20 plus films. Um, and I, I made a note as well, it is very similar to On Majesty's Secret Service. It's, all, it's almost like the, the film that should have been, because um, mm. you know I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> but but there, there's similarities in that. It's, it's very reminiscent of actually the whole, the whole love interest of that and then losing the love. Um, obviously that's very reminiscent, but also it's, I think, are those the two, the only two films where actually the plot isn't tied up at the end of them? The baddie, mm. you th you think the baddie's gone in this, but but you realise it's not. There's a whole other evil organisation behind this, yeah. um, and and similar in Her Majesty's Secret Service, Blofeld gets away. He's not he's not tied up. He's not killed. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's quite it's interesting how how similar those those two films are in those ways. Definitely, and I, I guess yeah. the the plus side for the Craig film is. It's the same Bond film in, sorry, the same Bond actor in the next film. And because Quantum of Solace obviously will cover that, is a pretty much a direct sequel in the sense that it carries straight on from Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that for next time. But um, yeah, really enjoyed her as a, as a Bond girl. I think she was fantastic. So um, moving on then, I, I probably won't too, talk too much on this one. It's the gadgets section because I think the whole real point of these this reboot was to kind of strip things back and take away the ridiculous gadgets that were you know plenty uh in die another day um i think they were trying to just get away from the ridiculousness to a degree um the only real gadget i and i don't know if you this is really stretching to, as to whether it's a gadget is the defibrillator in the car yeah. um which I would only think I would constitute as a gadget. And I think is anything, it's just an excuse to talk about that scene, which I think is, is a great scene. It's so tense. And even uh, my wife was watching it who hadn't seen it, thought that was a, you know, really tense and was actually getting caught up in that scene. Um, yeah. Just firstly, your thoughts on that scene uh, playing out during the casino, he gets, he gets his drink spiked. Right. And that's when he's, yeah. he's going, yes, your thoughts on that scene. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's brilliant, isn't it? The way the way he plays that. He's like just from from start to finish of that whole piece, it's, mm -hmm. it's great. He's he's like, okay, I've been I've been poisoned, I need to sort myself out. Starts off with kind of salt water, doesn't he, to to kind of see if that'll help. Doesn't then then turns out he's got kind of a um, life support machine in his car in the <laughs> glove box. <laughs> um, and it's it's cool because it's um it's kind of a gadget, but it's also um it's it is kind of a nod to that mi6 being um kind of you know the forefront of of smart mm. uh, unbeatable force with 
he makes a phone call and then there's people there and doctors and things and they're they're checking his blood and it's all it's all very clever um but it's not it's not a ridiculous gadget mm. and i think maybe on the on the gadget piece i think it's i think it could have had a couple of gadgets oh okay i do i do think it could have had at least something um but but no i think that that seems great and um and yeah so tense and then when he kind of doesn't pressing the button isn't he and it's one of the like little toggles has come off or something and he doesn't doesn't defibrillate himself um and Vesper comes along and kind of saves him but then but then he just goes straight back into the into the game um and it's it's brilliant and he says that last hand nearly killed me and it's like it's the the fucking best line in this film it's so and the delivery as well he's like smug as fuck he nearly just died and he's like yeah Yeah. let's go let's go mate let's carry on brilliant absolutely loved it Uh, so yeah i was gonna my next question was do you miss q in this obviously you know q comes in as a character later on but do you miss did you miss q in this um in this film Yes, okay. I, I did because I think they they introduced MI6 again um, and some various MI6 people mm. and and I don't it's not overly necessary to have missed out Q. You could have had the Q character there, introduced the car by from Q because um, he gets he gets shown the car but it's it's not by it's mm. not by Q, it's just by someone else. You could have you could have had that Q character and said, "Life life support machine in the glove box." It's a it's a cool as fuck Aston Martin DBS. Um, there you go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you could have you could have had a watch at least. You know, to give him a watch with something in it, <laughs> like a laser pen or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I I personally don't mind that Q isn't in this. I I the way I see it is obviously it's a reboot, and we'll get to that. Obviously, I know it's easy for me to say that because I know we do get to that. But at that, yeah. at that stage, I don't think the plot warrants gadgets at this point. It is, a, you know, essentially around the card game. Um, it's not like it's a full-on mission in the field like the other films that we've seen. So I don't. I'm not as bummed out by not having it. Obviously, it is kind of a staple of the franchise, but because it's so early on in the reboot and so so early on as Bond's character, that they, that I kind of glad that they didn't throw everything at once in one film if that makes sense and they gradually build up on that almost treating it like you know this is starting from zero again like I, like i said so yeah i guess that makes the you know the film where q does turn up more exciting because oh it's another thing we're slowly getting bringing things back in you know we eventually get money penny and all those things i i, I think it's i think if we did it through it in here it'd be a bit too much for just the first film that's a reboot so so yeah, yeah. i don't don't mind and, it as much Go on. and i guess um if q had been in it if this had been a, a another brosnan film he would have, he would have just had x-ray contact lenses and known what cards he had in one straight away <laughs> so that's so actually, true if Q had been in it, you would have asked questions. Hang on, Q, you could have invented something way yeah. better just to win the fucking game instead of yeah. you know, going through all this shit, nearly dying, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those glasses he had in World's Not, World is Not Enough where he just sees yeah. through people, just see the cards. Yeah. That would have been, been genius. <laughs> A much shorter film as well. Um, 
we mentioned the car, so we won't take too much on it. But obviously, what was a nice touch, and I completely forgot, is that he wins the DB5 right near the start. And I was like, that is fantastic. Um, and I even like the scene where he picks up the woman and he's like, oh, do you want to go back to my place? And Love she goes, it. it's not very far. And he literally does a loop and comes yeah. back round. He doesn't say anything, but she's like, oh, just laughs and he's just smug yeah. as fuck. He's cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, brilliant. And then obviously we got, like you've mentioned already, the Aston Martin DBS V12, I think it is, which yeah. is um, a stunning car. It's like the dream car. It's just fantastic. Even that scene where he he dodges Vespa that's lying on the road, like that whole car crash, literal car crash scene is just devastating. I was like, it's such a beautiful car just getting destroyed. And it looks like, you know, it genuinely happened. It's not like CGI'd crash. It's like, yeah, we're going to destroy an Aston Martin in this film. It's like, please don't, please don't. That, so um, I don't know whether it still does, but at the time that had the Guinness World Record for the most flips a car mm. has ever done in a film. Um, and yeah, it's it's so realistic because it because they genuinely set yeah. it up and flip and flip the shit out of it. Yeah. But that um that whole scene is so I love the way it's filmed. It looks it looks awesome just watching this DBS in the dark with the headlights just weaving around these roads just mm. looks brilliant. Um and then to cut to Vespa lying on the road is such a such a clever, sick thing to do knowing that Bond's gonna be chasing and then mm. yeah and then he's like it's it's interesting actually that that he swerves because because that's showing Bond isn't all about the mission. Um mm, right, and he, he's yeah. he's after um I forget the name of the bloke but the sort of um contact that they that they have it twigs that possibly you know there's a there's an inside man and he's he's after him. Um, so he's not actually necessarily off to, you know, you're like, are you, are you there to complete the mission, save mm. the world, or are you there to save Vesper? And he makes a very instinctive split second decision that he's not just going to plow into her face. Um, <laughs> he's, he's going to fucking destroy his car and probably kill himself. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, I liked it. I think that, that seems brilliant. Yeah. And also, I think it's a lesson learned for his character because obviously, you know, at this point, he is, he's chosen love over the mission where I think him as a character that we've seen throughout the franchise has been very much on the mission. And he's almost speaks to M differently afterwards as well. He's very like, kind of like, understands his role a bit more and, you know, don't get too attached because you, you lose sight of the mission and you can almost die, essentially. So, yeah. yeah, it's quite a pivotal scene in his character development, I think. And she um, she then gains this respect that's quite clear at the end of the film that you know she she has this um she's she's just brilliant isn't she she's just so good in, in all of these films plays that character brilliantly but at the, at the beginning she's very much a kind of you're a juvenile you you have okay you've got double O status but you're not you're not the finished article no. and then um, there's a little little scene at the end isn't there where they're they're talking again after Vespers killed herself and she's dead. Um, and then Bond, he's you, you know, he's he's clearly angry, and he he says, "Job's done, and the bitch is dead." Like, why would I hang around? Why do I need time? Job's done, and the bitch is dead. That's that's fucking brutal, isn't it? Because he was brutal. he was in love with her, and you're like, yeah, it's proper hurting, yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't actually believe that, but M's like, good, we need you back. And it's like, 
then then Bond happens, doesn't it? This film is kind of the making of James Bond. Yeah, um, totally. And the very the very final scene, he is the finished article with the cool fucking suit. The Bond theme actually starts to play, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't heard, and it's it's just that okay, this is a Bond film, but James Bond, as we know, has just turned up and. Yeah. He's a fucking badass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's be- his origin story, isn't it? It's how yeah. he yeah. becomes the person we know him to be. And obviously he, it, the film ends with him saying the famous Bond, James Bond line. Like, I just, yeah. it's such a perfect ending because it is, it's turning the, it's turning the boy into a man, pretty much. Kind of turning him into the James Bond we know and love. And now let's like go, you know, let's start the franchise again. Let's really get everyone back in that who maybe. Uh, slipped off the franchise or lost interest in the franchise from the last few Bonds let's bring it all back in again I just think it does that perfectly um, so I want to just quickly talk about some of the action scenes in this because there are a couple of well great action scenes um, the first one for me which I think is possibly the best um, but we can dispute that is is the kind of the, the parkour chase scene right near the start of Madagascar not yeah. necessarily linked to the overall plot but well, it kind of does but it's very much to show it's to show the action and show what daniel craig's uh, version of bond is looking like it's very much speed versus strength and they, they they make it really obvious you know you've got this this parkour guy who's just running up walls and stuff where bond is literally running through them um <laughs> it's like it is just brute force over athleticism basically um I think it's I think it's great, and I don't think it's just great from a Bond film, just as an action film, uh, as well. That scene is so good; it's so hard hitting. It goes on for a while, but it's never boring. I always thought, like watching it again, I was like, oh, we, I know there's a next bit coming up. It goes on for a bit, but it's so fast paced. So much is happening. You've got the whole scene where we're at the construction site, and he's like climbing up, like um, all the equipment, and just going in and going back down again, and it's just the two different, you know, the, the parkour guy is like very angelic and he's landing on his feet and Bond is just throwing himself around. No care for his well-being. He just wants to get him. Uh, and then you get this whole scene in the embassy as well where he just fucking walks in, grabs him, takes him out and just like shoots everything up. And that's when M is just like, like what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts on on that scene. As like a, really, it's kind of the introduction as Bond as a as a physical character, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I I, I love it. I think it's I, I totally agree with. It. I think it's a brilliant action scene for for any film, for any action film. Um, there's a there's a bit that we need to discuss just before that action scene okay. starts. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love I love the comparison between this this parkour guy and and it's 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 so action packed and it's great watching it. But it's really funny as well because Bond mm. like he's just getting beaten up by falling off stuff and he's like you could just see him being like fucking hell what are you doing now like he jumps and slides through his tiny gap and like you said bond just cartoon characters his way through it um and and the actual fight scenes are brilliant as well when they're actually like beating each other up they're they're brilliant um and i love i love the scene as well they're on top of a crane and the the guy he's chasing goes to shoot him and he's got no bullets left so he lobs the gun bond bond catches it 
lobs it back and just smashes him in the face. And you're like, go on, Bond, fucking get him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, love it. I think it's a, it's a great scene. And then, yeah, the climax of that is it's still the kind of unfinished, messy Bond character, isn't it? He's just brute force, strong, hard man. Yeah. Um, just blowing shit up, shooting the crap out of everything. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, love it. But just before all the action begins, there is the biggest nod ever to a a Bond nerd that I've that I've seen. Um, and it's a reference to Live and Let Die. It must be because there's a a cobra fighting a mongoose. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. And the, the the famous phenomenal line in um, in that film where Roger Moore says, "I never go anywhere without a mongoose," because <laughs> as he's flamethrowering this this cobra, I was like, I was I had to pause it and like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google what a mongoose looks like. And I was, it's a fucking <laughs> mongoose. <laughs> I completely missed the reference back to it, but yeah, as soon as you started to talk about, it, I was like, oh yeah, that classic line. <laughs> I love that. That's probably Bet Moore's best line. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, that's good, that's good. But yeah, no, it's, oh, I love that scene. Even just like the setup to that, it was like he's, he says to his colleague, Bond's like, take your finger down from your ear. And he's like, what? Yeah. What? And then the guy <laughs> spots him and then it all kicks off. It's just funny how from the start of the whole scene, Bond is trying to be like undercover and, you know, cool, calm and collected. And it just turns into utter chaos. You know, he's supposed to be this assassin, a double O. He's supposed to go in undetected, get the job done. He's just makes the news basically because he's made yeah. such a fucking mess and like, created so much chaos. That is, that's why M is just, she even, I think that she makes a point of saying, I, you know, have I made the wrong decision of making you a double O because you're just making me, give me more um, trouble than anything. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, it's probably the best scene in the film, but there is some other great scenes. I, I particularly like the airport scene as well, which is a different kind of, I guess it's probably the, we don't really get a chase scene in this, but it's probably the closest one we get in the sense that, you know, Bond is on the top of the, he's trying to stop this guy who's, you know, he's planting a bomb to blow up one of the planes. Um, and he's jumping on different vehicles and hanging off the back of cars. I think it's... Um, Again, like the fight scene, it's really brutal. Like some of the scenes where he's like throwing himself around, hanging on the top of this truck or whatever it is. Um, it, you can feel all of the, like the punches and every time he's hitting the tarmac and all this stuff. There's that scene as well where he's the guy, the driver is, is realizes Bond's on the truck and he's like purposely trying to hit things to knock him off. And he goes to hit another truck and Bond just rolls off just at the like split second as the other truck goes by. It's brilliant. It's so tense as well. And it's a great build up and basically culminates in Bond getting the one up on the guy because he thought, oh, I'll, I'll press the button and you know, you know, the bomb's gone off, but he's put the bomb on him. I just thought that yeah. was brilliant. And it zooms in on Bond's face as he's smirking and he's blown up in the background. It's like, Bond is like terrifying in this to some degree. He's <laughs> yeah. really like you know, has no remorse, really. He's all very cold-blooded, but any thoughts on that scene, really, um, as another action yeah, scene brilliant. in this? Yeah, it's brilliant. And it, it's it's such a quick continuation as well from the previous action scene that you'd like, you're almost knackered after watching it all. You're yeah. like, this is, this is so 
packed full of relentless action but it's it's brilliant and it's, it's very different as well um and yeah you're right there isn't really a a, a chase scene but um yeah there's got to be a moving vehicle with some kind of fighting on it mm. um and yeah it's great and some of the some of the stunts are brilliant like you said and i like the I do like how the sort of the whole thing starts to unfold as well. You actually, you understand the the purpose of all this, this stuff and it alluded to, you know, betting against what, um, what others, what other bankers are doing. And you're like, okay, so he's, he's this banker that makes money for bad people by, you know, doing bad things mm. um, and he's blowing stuff up. And yeah, it was, it's, it's great. And I love, there's one stunt where Bond, kind of flips flips over and jumps through the through the windshield of the this like fuel tanker that he's on and I <laughs> my wife turned to me and she was like you enjoyed that bit didn't you because I was just like giggling like a little boy I was like that's so cool <laughs> it is so good love it yeah and so um, smooth as well how he does yeah, it so so smooth yeah he's obviously learned from Brosnan's Brosnan's <laughs> double in doing cool, cool little roles and stuff wonder what he's like on stairs but no it's fucking yeah so cool brilliant yeah brilliant such so good um i think the only other other i guess action scene is it's kind of a short scene but it is that's um the fight in the stairway um which is which is again is yeah. again it's just a fight in the stairway but it's so riveting and action-packed like I, you think like how can we make this fight interesting but they do like jumping across like the corners of the stairs and breaking the banister and you know falling halfway down and vesper gets involved like you mentioned earlier and there's actually some like consequence to that fight where obviously it, it does mess around with vesper's head and she's you know really hit by the whole incident I, I i thought that scene was great as well i don't know what your thoughts on that were i thought it was just i know it was a very short scene but it was quite an unexpected scene because it just, I think how it starts is the, the guy spots that Bond's got like a, uh, something in his ear, isn't it? Like a, yeah. you know, what would you call it? You know, something in his ear. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah an earpiece. That's, yeah. God, I can't even think what I'm talking about. The <laughs> earpiece. Um, and he's like straight away, he's like lunges for him with the sword. Um, any thoughts on that particular scene? Yeah, it's great. Um, I, a stairwell fight scene always i'm always a fan mm. because they're always so tense aren't they <laughs> yeah um but it's it's brilliant and yeah this this guy um i think they're ugandan aren't they it's mm. kind of the whole film starts there um this ugandan guy with this fuck off massive sword who's just you know a proper evil bastard isn't he um and He's just sort of, yeah, swinging at him, um, and then yeah, like and and Vespa gets involved, and and then there's that whole that whole piece to it. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant little cuts cut in yeah. between the the ongoing card game, just to yeah. add that like, brutal bit of action in there is is great, and just a complete change of tempo. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's not. It's nice. It it, it does break up what could be boring uh, a card game. By having all these things in and the defibrillator scene as well the only thing it, it, i was getting anxiety over was he kept changing his shirt i was like he's got a bit of blood on it now he's gonna have to change it again and he's sat in the shower he's gonna have to get it changing again i'm like how many fucking because i think even uh Lashif makes the point it's like oh you've changed your suit 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah she's got caught up in a fight, mate. Just fuck off. Um, okay, so I'm just going to end on uh, or close up with the climax then. So I just want to get your thoughts on uh, the whole climax in Venice, the action scene itself, and then obviously the whole plot with the betrayal and all that stuff as well. What do you think, your thoughts on how it sort of ties up towards the end? Yeah, they, you know, you know something's going to happen. Um, you know that it can't just be this happy, happy love scene ending. Um, you assume that some kind of betrayal is going to happen, but I think um, I, I don't know. She, she doesn't. She's not bad all along, is she? Um, no. She wasn't. She wasn't bad from the beginning, and she made decisions to try and save his Bond life that you you find out at the end. Um, yeah. And for her to. Um, yeah, basically kill herself and say sorry, James, and then just kind of drop down and be stuck in this lift underwater is is yeah brutal and explains a lot about Bond's character, like we've said. Um, the yeah, there's a bit <laughs> she's keeping up this pretense the whole time, but then just leaves a phone line around for Bond to see and find out what's yeah. going on, which yeah annoyed me a little bit. Um, yeah, I got that as well, but. But then I guess I, at that time I was kind of thinking, okay, she's been bad from the start, but but actually not. Um, yeah, it's great, and it's it's a it's another massive action scene right at the end. Yeah, huge huge fight explosions and all kinds of all kinds of shit going on. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a great little great little tie up, and then and then I love I love how it then kind of cuts to you know Bond goes back and he finds this Mister White guy, and then kind of does the proper bond spy shit and mm. makes a phone call shoots him in the leg and then yeah he's kind of he's now on his mission as bond and it's gonna be like i want to watch the next film right now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you come away from it just thinking just right i'm sold you know going into this i imagine most people did like we've got a blonde bond and all this all these things are like your new guy and by the end i imagine most people are completely sold on the, the whole reboot, the direction the franchise is going, and Craig is Bond, and obviously that's led to four extra films. So he's obviously done something right. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, all of that, I love it. I love, I like the whole kind of simplicity of the final action scene as well. It's just a building in Venice, you know, surrounded by water that's slowly sinking, and yeah. every all the chaos that comes with that. If like. I need to not drown and not get crushed by the building. <laughs> Just all of the all the stuff that goes around with it. I thought it was quite good. Um, and the whole Vesper scene, like you, like you said, gets trapped in the lift and Bond is trying so hard to get into that lift, like kicking it down, tearing it apart. Um, but yeah, by the scene where he's tried to resuscitate her and she just doesn't come around, you can see it in his eyes, like he's so torn up by it. And he's almost like... He's almost like a teenager that's just broken up with his girlfriend. Like, no, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. And when he's talking to M, like you said, he said, the bitch is dead. And he's just so hit by it. But you can tell, like you said, um, Vespers actually tried to help him out. And M sort of pushes him onto that way of thinking. Actually, she did like him after all. It wasn't all a facade. Um, so it kind of, he's not as bitter by it by the end, by right at the end anyway. Um yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. It's a great little send-off. It's not, you know, volcano layers and, um, you know, sea layers and all this stuff, but 
it's a much more realistic, grounded ending, I think. Um, but yeah, and like you said, it just makes you want to watch the next one again. Um, okay, so there, those are mo- all the points that I made. Is there anything that you've written down that we haven't quite covered yet? Um, there's a couple of little points that I've made um, that I thought were were interesting. I, lo- I love the invention of the the Vespa Martini. That's yes. That's cool. I like like all of that. Um, I like how he names it as well. He's like, I think I'll call it the Vespa, and she. She, she makes a funny line there. She's like, what, because of the bitter aftertaste? And I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And then, then he says something like, um, no, it's because once you, once you taste it, that's all you want to taste again. And then she like she laughs, and he's like, oh, I thought that was quite a good line. Yeah. And it's, it's great that it was, it's addressed that that's a really dumb line, rather than, you know, just this sleazy Roger Moore, ha look, I've made that line, now we're going to fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she just laps it up. Like, she like the other Bond girls would do. It's very much yeah. dressed like, I know that was cheesy. And I always like, like that's kind of an origin to the vodka martini thing. We know we, we know it's not called Vespa. It's almost like yeah. moving forward now, it's like he'll always be reminded of Vespa by the drink, which I thought was yeah. quite a nice touch as well. But yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, he orders another drink actually as well. He orders a, he just asks for a vodka martini and um, he's, <laughs> really pissed off and stressed at this point and and they're like shaking or so he's like do i look like i care <laughs> just give it whatever yeah, i love that it, yeah, do i look like good. a give a damn <laughs> yeah brilliant um i love how every time bond goes all in he doesn't politely move his chips he just fucking shoves them all into the middle <laughs> and i just i just liked that bit i was just stupid um because that's how i would do it just yeah yeah they're there's 20 million fucking have it. Have it. <laughs> um, and the croupier looks like, and I'm sure this is on purpose, but he looks like David Niven. He oh, has, really? He has the moustache. He is he's such a spitting image of him. And I'm sure nice. that must be another little little nod to that. He's got the exact same, same moustache and he just, you know, he just has that look about him, um, which I thought was... Yeah, a cool little, cool little nice. nod. Another one of those, another one of those things. I think, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's everything. Nice. It's a, okay. It's a great film, isn't it? <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, well, well, that leads us nicely to into our our quick summaries then, and then our our rating, and then where it lands in the against the rest of the film. So over to you then for your summary and score. Yeah. Um. So I think I was. A, I was trying to be too harsh on this film. I was trying right. to find some some negatives because there are a few things. I think I'll, I'll start with those things. Um, the bondness of a film is important for me in a Bond film. And, and I don't think this has a huge amount of bondness, okay. but which, which I, which I initially um, gave the film discredit for, but actually this, as you said, is is the origins film. It's the it's the making of Bond, and and it finishes with the complete package, which has the Bondness and the gadgets. Do they do come, and you know the the more traditional Bond does come. So so I'll I'm going to excuse that because um, okay. because I do I do love this film. Um, I do wish there was a bit of bit more gadget in it um but again 
but again that does come but I think there's, there's no need for that to not be now <laughs> um, I think there could have been more more use of the the car I think there could have been more of a maybe more of a chase scene mm-hmm. um but but yeah what what there was was great um I don't particularly like the theme um and and another negative thing that I put down was the the no use of the actual bond theme throughout um but then it's played at the end but that's that kind of that does all make sense and I I like I like that now so it's not not necessarily a negative thing um but I think the the whole film is fucking brilliant I really I really love it I don't I think I've only watched it once before I don't know why I haven't watched it again um I think Daniel Craig just he's he's a brilliant brilliant bond um just smashes into the character just completely grabs it by the bollocks and just delivers straight away um it's the whole film is very much a 21st century spy film i think yeah it's definitely great it's 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 very much fit for modern cinema in in a lot of ways and even the bondisms that they talk about it kind of it plays them in a non-sleazy way and and sort of puts backstory behind it um like i said as well the, the emotion and personality that you that you see in the depth of bond as a character is just so much more than mm-hmm. we've ever seen before um he's a brilliant properly physical bond he's yeah. he's he's more than just a kind of myth and legend he's a gritty proper proper character um so much action like one of the one of the best action films i've i've yeah. seen for ages brilliant um and i love i love that way that as the action starts to peter off the tension in other ways just builds i think that's that's brilliant um yeah even even through a poker game to make an hour long film of poker so so interesting and exciting um is is great i think the characters are brilliant i love vesper as a as a character Shifra is a brilliant villain. Um, it's lacking a henchman, but um, that's that's okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, and and M is is great in this as well. Um, so, I, it's a ten out of ten. Yeah, nice. it is. Yeah, it was nice. almost not. It almost wasn't. But yeah, yeah. Thinking of it as a as a Bond origins film, it's it's. Definitely, yeah, it's ten out of ten. Yeah, you, you, yeah, that's how I see it. I I see this as what Batman Begins did for Batman. This has done for uh, James Bond because you know he becomes Batman by the end or very close to the end. And the same as here is Bond comes very uh, turns into what we know and love as James Bond by the very end. And it's just seeing him get to that uh, that level. I find absolutely fascinating. It's just made the character, it's made me care about the character all over again. Whereas in the last few films, we was like, you're just a bit of a dick and I don't, you're quite sleazy and I don't really like you. It's just a complete U-turn. This is just, anytime when people say an example of a reboot that's worked, I would, this is a top example of it, of how it's just turned something that was shit and just completely reimagined it. But, and, but, reimagined it but also brought it back to its roots in the same style of in the sense that they've brought it back to the first book took inspiration from Ian Fleming's source material modernized it slightly 
made it more of a grounded story, brought in Martin Campbell again, that, you know, was obviously hugely successful with GoldenEye. It just ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, Daniel Craig wins us over completely by the end of this film. Uh, Eva Green is fantastic. And I'm glad we did just have one bonga at this stage. I'm not as fussed by the no having gadgets in this um, because I don't think the plot warrants them really. If it was, like I said, if it was in the field a bit more, yes. I think having a gadget just like, I don't know, it would be quite funny just to have some random gadget to use somehow in the, in the casino moments. But I don't think it, I think it would be a bit ridiculous in hindsight, but um, the action set pieces are great. Uh, the parkour construction site scene easily being the best for me. I don't mind the theme tune. Um, I can see why people may not like it um, in the sense it's a more of a rockier one. And also it's a really minor thing from my part, but I, I do prefer the songs when they sing the title of the theme of the song, uh, the title yeah. of the film as well. Um, but that being said, I, I like Chris Cornell's music anyway. And I think it was quite a nice, it, it was a nice kind of, it's, it's a very loud and aggressive song which i kind of get why they did it because it's kind of like right bond back you don't want this like subtle sweeping song perhaps you want to have a a loud and bond means business sort of theme tune so i i kind of get it and i don't mind it um yeah i think it's great uh i've also given this 10 out of 10 as well i i think it's absolutely brilliant it wasn't 10 out of 10 before when i last looked at what i rated this i think i'd only given it a nine perhaps but i think knowing this and how where it's come and what this has done for the franchise it's hard not to give it the full 10 out of 10 because it's just pumped life into what was a dying franchise really um so yeah absolutely loved it really really enjoyed it this time around again um so in regards to rankings then where yeah. does this put this against the others so i've got i've got four tens mm-hmm um, and this, <laughs> this is number three. Okay. So it's, it's GoldenEye, Goldfinger, Casino Royale, and then Man with the Golden Gun for me. GoldenEye is still number one. Um, and, and Goldfinger above this because it's just the, it's the classic Bond, mm. Goldfinger. Um, nice. And GoldenEye just, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but no yeah brilliant and um yeah it's ba- it's better than man with a golden gun um uh, means- yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shit um <laughs> no yeah um yeah number three nice okay so you? so for me um it is actually taken my top spot <laughs> i oh. never thought i would uh knock goldfinger off but the more I think about it, the more I realise what it's done, the more how really like there is a lot of nice touches in here and it's made it more of a emotional character and human character of Bond. I thought, oh, do you know what? I, I think it's actually my favourite now, um, certainly up to this point. So, yeah, wow. it's knocked it off the top spot, which I, I am denied for ages. I've only got three tens. I've got Casino so as it goes at the minute, it's Casino Royale, Goldfinger, then Licence to Kill. Um, okay. But yeah, I I am denied for ages. But yeah, I think it warrants being at number one now. I think it's it's 
I mean, considering where the franchise was going before and now what this does, I think it just it deserves a massive amount of credit. And obviously a lot of that is down to Daniel Craig, really, putting his own spin on it. So, yeah, that's my number one spot, mate. Wow. That's, um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Good. Um, go. I'm, I'm excited to see whether... Because I, I, I've enjoyed all of Craig's films. Um, mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing whether there's more tens to come, definitely. Yeah, same. Well, that segues nicely into obviously the next episode in that we're going to obviously talk about Quantum of Solace. So what are your impressions sort of going into the next one of Daniel Craig's films? Yeah, um, I've seen Quantum of Solace a couple of times and... I honestly, I think I think it's the most confusing Bond. That's right. that's all I can that's all I can think of it. I I'm looking forward to going back into it and probably watching it now because I think the the times I've seen it before, I've just been left a bit um, bewildered. Maybe mm. that's kind of my, my feeling. So I'm looking forward to actually watching it and trying to understand it and actually yeah measure it as a film. I don't think I've put enough um, effort into watching it before. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of the same. I, I don't. I think I've only ever seen it the once, and kind of came away going, "Sorry, what? What's happened? Yeah. I don't really know where I stood with it." I, I feel like it was just a lot of stuff happened, and I didn't quite grasp the overall point of it. Um, I know I fucking hated the theme tune. That's all I can remember. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think as well, I'm coming straight off of Casino Royale. There is obviously a sequel, sequel elements to it. Yes, it's its own film, but there is, it carries straight on from the end of Casino Royale. So I want to see how that ties in again, watching it fresh. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, like every single one of these, really. Any any chance to watch a Bond film, mate? Um, yeah. But yeah, looking forward to just if anything, all of the all of these films ready for September for the new one. So yeah. probably time it just right, perhaps. But um, yeah. So yeah, thanks again for coming on today to talk in Casino Royale. I think it's a good chat. Pretty much agreed across the board. Probably bar the theme tune. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely definitely a high uh, watermark for the Bond franchise. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again for chatting today. And then next time we'll talk about Quantum Solace. Cool. Nice one. Look forward to it. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon.